0: Welcome to the Getting Past the Premium podcast, where we focus on breaking down risk management problems bit by bit until we find a solution. Enjoy today's episode and be sure to follow us for weekly content. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Getting Past the Premium. I'm excited for this one. It's been a while since you stepped in here. Yeah,
1: well, I think it's been as a guest host in the past. Now you're a
0: guest host slash guest Guest, <laughs> yeah,
1: there you go. I get to sit in two seats. <laughs> yeah, we got a
0: whole different setup today. Yeah, I fun. like it. This I is know. cool. Yeah, so it's uh, we've been obviously doing them through Zoom for a while, and now we're we're getting our setup down a bit to go back to in person. Right, right. We I like it. Got the microphone here. Yeah, yeah, significant. Yeah. Well, we got cam on.
1: So, That's right. That's right. You know, record.
0: Cool. So, no, this will be a fun one because just be an easy conversation about some of the things we're seeing, you know, in the market. How does it impact? You know, Ella Brock Norris running you know uh, risk management insurance firm every day, and then where you see the industry going and and how that's affecting what we're doing, decisions we're making, what we're experiencing, what we're learning as we go, right? Because we don't know what we're doing, and we're just testing this <laughs> stuff out every day. Um, so I'd like to start the conversation around the the topic elephant in the room with everybody right now, which is AI. As you know, I've been nerding out on AI quite a bit. Seems like every day I'm rolling in saying you got to see this that I did, but um, which is cool. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it is. It's it's. I think that the what I'm trying to do is just explore the actual application that just a out of the box chat GPT and there's much better ones out there. I'm sure you know I haven't messed around with Google Bard yet or anything like that, but you know just understanding the true applications of it in an insurance agency. Right. And not Mm -hmm. just like the standard help me write a blog post, which that stuff's easy table stakes. Everybody should be using it to, you know, generate content ideas and things like that. But really starting to think about like, how could it help us train a producer? You know, how could it help us train uh, a new service team member or how could it help us build a niche marketing program or whatever? Right. And so when you think about that, you know, you're CEO of Ella Brock Norris, you know, leading the charge uh at our firm. What just when you think about how you've seen this evolve, where it might take, you know, the industry, obviously there's a lot of unknowns, but just how do you look at that? Like what lens do you see that through? Yeah.
1: Uh so it's it's an interesting question because we talk, I know it's talked about a lot on this particular podcast <laughs> that we operate in an archaic industry, right? Oh, no, no way. Uh, yeah, no, not at no, all. Not, not at the, all. the insurance and risk management business. Um, so, you know, historically, we don't embrace technology real well in the industry. That's not everybody. Obviously, some do better oh, than totally. others. But I mean, you look at the tool that AI as a whole is, mm-hmm. ChatGPT in particular, and Google's version uh, that's coming out or came out. I mean, talk about an incredible way to enhance what we're already doing as good risk managers, good advisory firms to be able to do the things you just mentioned, train people grab information. I mean, think about the amount of data and information that you can pull that, you know, we know pieces of, and it's hard to sometimes put it together mm-hmm. and then take that information and educate. Cause you know, we talk about that all the time, specifically at Ella Norris is we want to you know, change the way we think, change the way our clients think and change the way an industry thinks. We want to talk about a tool that's going to allow you to do that is to take this vast, you know, knowledge that's out there that, you know, no, no one human can possibly have inside their brain, but be able to take that. And then, of course, you know, as I've watched you specifically utilize it is take that information and then be able to, you know, craft it or orient it to how you do business Yep. as a firm. Because we're all, you know, we're all in the, you know, insurance, risk management, financial services business, but we all have different models. We have different ways. We have different utilization for that kind of information. But you know, that's, I guess, just to answer your original question is how I see its application and maybe being used is to be able to just take an incredible amount of information, create your own content, your own training, whatever it is, and then be able to take that and deploy it inside your own firms for your clients, for your partners. Yeah. You know, and it's going to do nothing but be able to enhance how we operate and enhance, you know, thereby allow our clients to have a better experience, to be able to manage risk better. Yep. And so uh, it's an incredible tool.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, the, how do you look at though, you know, this is kind of an unknown tool as to how it's going to impact the industry, how we can use it, Um, you know, and as the leader uh, of the firm, you know, just how what lens do you look at this through? Like, how do you make sure that we're understanding this appropriately and that, you know, we're like, there's the one side of it that everybody's like, Oh my God, it's going to take our jobs. Right. And then there's the other side that the complete flip side of that, that's saying it's only going to enhance what we're able to do with our, with our clients and in our job, but there's a lot of unknown in between there and we've got to figure out how it can work. So how do you look at that? Like, how do you make sure that we're, uh, taking advantage of it appropriately, but also, you know, not, we're managing the downside risk.
1: So first off, I lean towards the latter of those two, which I think it's going to do more enhance than mm-hmm. probably replace. We totally agree. But I think so. I guess at Ellerbrock Norris, we're not we're not shying away from giving the tool to our team, right? So we're asking people to understand it, to utilize it, to be smart about it. Yep. But I think that the risk that probably exists more than anything for firms like us is you know you got to be smart about just giving this tool that could be dangerous if not used the right ways Mm -hmm. and just create an open forum where everybody's using it to whatever degree. So, I mean, I think there's going to be an element of, you know, you don't want to hold everybody back from it because why not give the tool? But you're going to have to be careful about understanding what the team is using it for somehow figuring out how you're going to monitor that. Because to me, the big risk is going to be, you know, you just get the wrong type of application going on in the company, and it won't take very long for that to, you know, yeah. to be pretty damaging to a firm. And so I think, you know, I, I would imagine a lot of people will probably try to hold on to that at the leadership level. And I think that that in and of itself is a little bit risky the too. fear of the, yeah. fear
0: of screwing up basically exactly. or something. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I think if you do that, you're going to just hold the team back because frankly, the team, I mean, think about every application from the sales side. You know, there's an incredible amount. You already talked about things like blog posts, LinkedIn, you know, emails you can craft, cold call scripts. I mean, all the stuff that goes from the sales side, research, education. Then you got the service element that is, you know, our team is our teams specifically at Oliver Brock Norris. Probably most people listening to the podcast, they're in the trenches every day talking to the clients. So why not be able to utilize the same tool to help educate them, to help be able to answer client questions, you know, get that knowledge, but There's probably both sides. I don't care if it's sales service, even at the leadership level, there's probably the checks and balances that need to be there to somehow make sure that, you know, we're utilizing it in the right way because, you know, you still got to probably scrub some of the response and information you're getting, right? But I don't know. I guess that's, I think there's there's going to be that balance of making sure you deploy it right across the firm, but, you know, have some sort of oversight in how that utilization and uniformity.
0: Well, yeah, and there's a term I've heard recently when it comes to AI of having the human in the loop. Mm. And I think that's super important. You know, you don't, you wouldn't want to have any of these AI systems, at least at this point, craft the response or craft the direct communication with the client, because again, there's going to be inaccuracies and, you know, it's not going to word things correctly. And so you want to have then that human that reviews that and adjusts it and makes it accurate to be able to send to the client. But if you can expedite that by 75% or 30% or whatever, you know, you're getting significant productivity and efficiency gains. And that's where I think the key thing is right now, it's just understanding what it's good at, right? But you can't do that without just testing it and just trying it. And I think that that's what's the most important thing. And I I heard a term the other day when it comes to just, you know, software development in general, and I, uh, I'm going to butcher it, but it was like, the the reason that software companies have flourished in the US is, you know, essentially just unencumbered innovation, right? They can just do stuff. They just try stuff, right? And if it works, it becomes the next Facebook. And if it doesn't, you know, it, it fails and they move on, right? But that unencumbered innovation gets, you know, some, it leads to some amazing innovation, right? And amazing new things. And I kind of feel like we're, now we're taking what used to be at the Facebook, Googles of the world, right? And we're bringing it down into our four right. walls. And we're saying like, what could we do if we just, we don't have any preconceived notions about what this is going to do for me, but we just said, hey, let's test this out. You know, we had a, one of our um, client advocates is like an account executive uh, that we we had testing it out with some things and just said, just, you know, use it, play around with it, see what it can do. And within the first 10 minutes, she had been trying to write an email that explained tail coverage to a contractor and a couple other things that I don't remember. She had all the content she wanted, you know, she was just trying to formulate it so it made sense. Popped it into ChatGPT, you know, asked it to write the email in this manner, wrote it, she adjusted it and it was done. Mm-hmm. And she was just blown away because it it just helped her organize her thoughts already, right? And I thought that was a fantastic application of it because she could have spent 30 minutes, you right. know, crafting the email or use the tool to help you get 95% of the way there tweak it make sure it's accurate and then get it out to the
1: client. Well, and I think that obviously making sure it's accurate, but I think the other piece too is, and I don't remember how you just framed it, but like putting it in your own language. Cause I think that's a piece as it becomes more commonplace and people get used to it. It's not going to take long for people to see through Oh yeah, that. Oh yeah. That was, that was definitely a chat GPT <laughs> response or an AI response, you know, cause it doesn't sound like Tom or Sally or whoever it is that, you know, supposedly sent the information out there. So I think that, that's gonna be the piece that is going to be tremendously important because you know it's going to become second nature, yeah, and a tool most people, many people are using.
0: yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. I also think though you can look at the flip side of that and say, what if you're trying to write a really professional email like maybe you're you're writing to a new underwriter that you don't have a relationship with or something like that. And you can ask it to, re, you know, you can write the email and say, rewrite this in a professional tone, you know, with this format or something. Yeah, you showed me this and, morning some yeah. of the responses.
1: And I'm like, that's probably better, more eloquent than yeah. I would have put it. But it 100% yeah. is. Which know? is where they'd see right through it. They'd be yeah. like, yeah, I don't know if he wrote yeah. that. That's not this guy. Yeah. He's no. either got somebody doing it for him or that's just right. But, I mean, that's a good point. It, it can uh, certainly in that regard enhance, uh, you know, just maybe how you present information. And
0: What kind of social. an impact do you think? this type of tech will have on the industry?
1: I mean, I think in a lot of regards, it should, I think it can literally revolutionize the industry. You know, we talk a lot, you know, you, talk, you look at tools and a lot of what we talk about or you guys talk about specifically, you and Ryan, on this podcast is we talk about, you know, again, shifting an industry from a product-driven commoditized model to the holistic advisory mindset a tool like this does nothing but accelerate firms abilities to be able to do that yeah it, it takes you know it takes that again it's 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 information it's data it's you know applying that and being able to take all these different sources and and we know cuz we're sitting there as i mentioned earlier whether it's on the sales side service side or whatever we know what's going on with our clients the, you know the challenges they're facing every day the battles and then being able to take something like you know, open AI or, or any of the, the formats and take what we know and then go grab all that other information yes. and be able to build plans, you know, give strategic design to our clients and, and, and utilize what's in the intellectual, you know, what we intellectually know about our clients and then take all that information. Like that to me does nothing but tremendously accelerate an industry's ability to actually start to shift to that advisory model. Now, is everybody going to embrace it? And are there other applications, obviously, for it that, that could be on the transactional side? Of course. But I think those that embrace it, firms like Ellerbrock Norris and many others out there, to answer your original question, I think it could potentially just accelerate the ability to bring that to clients and to bring that to to businesses and individuals at exponential rates. Yeah.
0: I totally agree. And I think, you know, on that line, it's like Everything that we talk about on this podcast is making this evolution away from that transactional you know product based sale to more of that consultative advisory model that we feel like the industry is going to. We feel like that's where clients are going um, and to me, in the past, that has just taken a long time like you just have to have experience there's no way around it. You have to have experience either in an industry or in the insurance industry or you know, some way that you can go out and speak the language, you understand the trends that, you know, your clients see or you're, you've done it enough that you can understand risk in a, in a business. And, you know, say that that takes three, four, five years to really get a base level of good, solid knowledge there. I think AI makes that a year yeah, or two, you know. Now, you're not going to be an expert in everything, but you can significantly, just by by getting good at the tool, you can expedite your uh, level of knowledge significantly. So you can make that shift from transactional where you're relying on the carrier basically 100% to that more advisory model where you're relying on you and your knowledge and your IP to provide value to that client. Um, so I think it's going to expedite that a ton. And then one of the biggest issues in our industry is is validating producers as producers' success. And man, I I there are massive opportunities within that cuz i think a lot of you know our industry whatever the the statistic is you you know most agents wash out after 18 months or whatever that's because it is hard uh, in our industry and it's hard to get out and and bring these solutions to people enough so that you're successful enough but the reason for that is it just takes time mm. it take you you can't learn our industry out of a book right you can get licensed but you can't learn the industry you have to just see these these examples and scenarios and experiences and well, what, if, what if you could expedite that with AI, right? Mm-hmm. So I think about, you know, uh, this one that I'm just working on, building out a niche in restaurants. Well, let's say you could just get a restaurant opportunity. You're like, shoot, I don't know anything about restaurants. It's like, let's just go start asking the AI, like, hey, what are some of the top risk concerns for restaurants right now that I could talk to this client about? How could I provide a solution? Like, where could I go to get educational materials? Mm -hmm. Like, Google Bard is connected to the internet now. It'll tell you all that stuff. Again, you have to filter through it, but you can expedite that so much more than having to just go in and start that conversation. Then in the past, you'd have to have five or six of those conversations Mm -hmm. with restaurant owners. Well, what if you could get 50% of the way there, just general knowledge about a restaurant and what risks they face, and go in and have that conversation in a much more educated fashion,
1: yeah, I mean, I think on the there's no doubt about that, and on the sales side of it specifically, because that's a lot of what you're referencing right now, and I know we've talked about this a lot with with launch and some of the application that is going there. I mean, I think anybody that's made the shift from the transactional model to the you know advisory model realizes specifically at the the producer risk advisor. Uh, sales level—that's a longer sales cycle, mm-hmm. right? And that's a big. You mentioned validation. You mentioned all these things. So we take an already challenging validation period, and we extend a sales process, and yeah. we ask them to go through, you know, assessment-based selling and 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 you know, deep dive whatever you know language firms want to use. And like we're those validation periods just get extended out, and so I look at what you're saying now, and I hear that, and it's like you want to talk about the tool. That is going to do everything it can to condense that process. Mm-hmm. This is one. Yep. because you talk about assessments, you talk about the intellectual knowledge you need to ask the questions. You talk about you know trying the years it takes to get peer level with executives, at businesses and things of that nature. This just accelerates that because you're able to grab that information, grab that knowledge, you know take what you've learned and, and again, just expedite that. So I think that's going to be an, an incredible tool for a lot of firms. And I know many battle. Again, if you're a a producer or advisor listening to this or, you know, your executive, you know, we're all talking about, you know, that challenge you just mentioned. And then again, you go to this model, we extend that out. So I think chat GPT or any other AI is going to be an incredible tool to expedite, you know, the validation and and the production level from the sales team.
0: Yeah. I think everybody, you know needs to just get in and mess around with it. And that's been, like, my my mantra is, like, just try it. You know, it's not complicated. It's weird at first, you know, because you're, like... Ryan was giving me crap the other day because it's like he's like you talk to it like it's human and I'm like he's like you say please <laughs> I'm like I don't know yeah, I the just more talk polite to it. You, are like, you know you'll- yeah
1: and it's funny how it responds it's like yeah. absolutely Elliot I would love to do that you know I've seen his uh, <laughs> I don't know homepage or whatever you want to call it there's a lot of threads on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> well
0: testing out a lot of stuff yeah. but but yeah I mean I think you know there's so much application to it and it's only like the crazy thing right now is. It's accelerating at such a fast pace too that you know we don't even know where this is. in six months it's going to be completely different than mm-hmm. what it is today and way more powerful and you know that's why I encourage people to just start to get familiar with it as it sits today. Um, you're going to see it built into a lot more software platforms. You know I think that that we're you know we're working on building it into launch uh, just because that the exponential power it can give to a producer is massive. The other thing I wanted your perspective on, because I know this is um, something you're big on, is just business acumen in general, Mm. right? You know, now, ChatGPT, and they just rolled out the browser-based version, which is okay, but it's now connected to the internet. But, you know, uh, their standard model goes up to 2021, September 2021. Google Bard, though, is full access to the internet and, you know, all data and such. So. I think there's a massive opportunity just in that producer's business acumen, which I think is such an important piece of, you know, any risk advisors, uh, success. And so talk through that. Cause I think there's an application of like, you know, if I'm going into either a prospect or a client meeting and I want to be able to talk in an educated fashion, mm. just about their business, you know, from a high level business acumen perspective, you know, what, could I use these technologies to, you know, help me understand what's going on out in the marketplace, like interest rates, and how does that apply to a restaurant or to a contractor or whatever? I don't know. But what are your what are your thoughts there, and how could this expedite that knowledge as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent, it can. Uh, I referenced it just a minute ago when I said, you know, the challenge as part of the sales cycle is, you know, getting yourself to that pure level, and that's just what you reference is mm-hmm. that business acumen to where you can walk in and talk to the CEO, CFO, you know, CO, whatever, executive level uh person or personnel at a business. So, that takes time. You talk about a like validation being a long period of time. I mean, it can take 15, 20 years to get into that position yourself to be able to truly have mm-hmm. some of those conversations which are tremendously valuable. Yeah. There's no question. And so like in our firm and many, you know, a lot of team selling is going to take place for those exact reasons whether it's area of expertise specific to, uh, you know, advisory work, or if it's just, I need somebody, you know, by my side that's at the executive level, because it's a complex situation and we want to show that value. So that all being said, yeah, I mean, you take, I mean, there's always already been a tremendous amount of data out there that one can Google, one can get the information, yeah. obviously anywhere on the internet, but it's also, you know, it's also a lot. Yeah. I mean, it is hard for somebody that's a couple of years in and is trying to figure out where do I get the right information? What is the right information? And I think taking these types of platforms and being able to ask it, the questions prompt it. It's learning. That's the interesting thing. I think that as you, as you continue to ask it and it starts to learn, it, it probably understands, you know, what you're looking for, what you're asking it to, to, mm-hmm. to respond with from that standpoint. So, I mean, for young advisors that would be out there, I mean, I would use this tool to just build that business acumen, you know, have it give you answers as if you're talking to the executive at a company. You know, if you're talking about a niche market or you're going to go meet with XYZ company, go in and and learn, ask it, you know, ask it questions. I, I saw you had, you know, where it can respond with objections and things you mm-hmm. might get, like ask those things. Cause those are the kind of things that, you know, those come up in meetings specifically in an advisory type of sales process to where, you know, those are the things that get hard cause you're not, if you haven't been there, you're not really maybe always understanding what might be in the mind that could come from either an objection or a f- unique response type of, in, in you know, in that meeting in the moment, but it allows you to practice, yep. right? And then take that, take that information and do your role playing or do whatever it is you prep to go into those meetings, but, you know, use that tool to help you get that information, grab that information and, and be prepared, I guess. Yeah, a
0: hundred percent. And I mean, there... It, I look at like a Google bar that's connected to the internet of even from a business acumen perspective, sticking on the restaurant theme, right. Of like over the last 30 days, you know, what trends have happened uh, that a restaurant owner should be concerned about. Right. Or I don't know, something like that that you can go in and have an educated conversation.
1: Yeah. Well, and what's cool about that too, then is, is it cites the references. Yep. So, so, you know, you can go ask it that, yeah, yeah, you go ask that question. It says, you know, found from Ermie or from yep. wherever, then you can go, because now, again, you're taking this whole, you know, the the Internet, <laughs> you know, and you're saying, all right, if I'm going to go try to Google this, do I know where to start? That gives you a place to start because you ask it this question, it prompts, you know, it gives you the response and it cites its references. And you're like, okay, clearly those are places that I need to go research a little deeper. And I'm sure you could ask Chad GPT to do just that for you, but you could also just go grab it out on Google yourself, go mm-hmm. to ERMI, go whatever site it is it reference and do some deeper diving. Yeah. Totally.
0: I think there's a massive application there. So let's pivot a little bit again, just thinking about your role. Where do you see the market right now that's gone crazy? You know, I mean, the Q1 results have been released and things. I think I saw the general insurance market rates are up like 23.8% or something. Mm-hmm. Just what do you see going on in the market? What do you think we can expect? How are you managing that inside the firm with your clients, etc.?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously the insurance market is is showing some. It's a little stiff, a little hard right now. A little, right little now. Stiff, so, yeah, yeah. In some areas, you know, and and, and it's interesting. It's interesting, though. You know, things like work comp continue to yeah, perform true. well and aren't you know a little softer. But you've got you know you've got capacity issues continue to appear on the excess side. You know, auto property in certain states are a challenge. So when you talk about specifically the insurance market, there's no questions. There's challenges, but I think just the broader business market, I think, is it creates tremendous opportunity actually right now because you've got things like, you know, <laughs> are we going to default on our debt? You know, that's mm. this morning's conversation. Um, which won't happen. Which will not happen. But, you know, it, it gets, you know, we've got interest rate pressure. We've got inflation continues to, to be a challenge. It That does nothing but create opportunity again to go learn that stuff. Uh, build that business acumen and go talk to business owners or individuals because they're facing these challenges. You know, if the bank just let them know their interest rate popped from, you know, five to seven and a half percent on their line of credit, that's a big deal. Or you know, if they've got their employees are you know feeling the pressure of inflation mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out how do we, you know, solve for that, and handle it. Like those are real scenarios that exist in every business right now. So I think to answer that question, on the more global market look i think you know there's a lot of uncertainty you're going into you know the election year and all this stuff is going to become i'm not looking forward to <laughs> every commercial Come right on. but it, you know again i think if we're looking at it opportunistically that creates opportunities yeah. because you've got these conversations become forefront they get so slanted obviously so then you you know they get emphasized and 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 you know, people are going to be paying attention to them. And so go out and educate yourself, be able to sit down and have those conversations because I can tell you, you know, if you're going to, if we're going to hold ourselves out as advisors and we go in and we're not educated on that. So we can be as educated as we want in the insurance space. We've got to be, but, you know, broaden that knowledge a little bit because, you know, you want that business owner when they pose a question or ask your thoughts on Mm-hmm. whether it's interest rate or whatever it is. Yep. At least be able to have a knowledgeable conversation that shows value it's going to give them confidence that okay, this person can in fact manage my risk whether it's from an insurance standpoint or a healthcare standpoint or whatever it is. So I think those to me are where the opportunities exist. Um you know, I think from an insurance perspective a lot of this is going to be reflective on you know what happens in market conditions across the the broader financial markets but you know, I mean things are things are a little tight right now. And they're going to probably remain that way for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, part of that goes back to that business acumen conversation we were just having. Right. But I also, I think that's intimidating to a lot of producers and and even agency owners sometimes where, you know, you feel like you got to be the expert if I'm going to ask about this topic. And I always encourage people, like, I think the better way to look at that is Go out and be what we call naturally or genuinely curious Mm -hmm. with your clients, right? You don't have to be an expert. You have to be a thought partner, right? You have to go out and say, you know, you might not have any idea how the rise in interest rates are going to impact this contractor, right? But ask them and just say, hey, interest rates are going crazy right now. Like, you know, how's that impacting you guys? Yeah. And trust me, you will learn. Mm -hmm. And then the next time you go out and you have that, you say, hey, I was talking to some other contractors and they're telling me this about interest rates. How's that impacting
1: you? hundred percent. I mean, I promise you over the last couple of years, if you ask anybody like, hey, how's the supply chain issues across Mm -hmm. the world impacting your business? You'll learn more than you can imagine.
0: Well, and and by not even giving any sort of information to that client, it puts you in a different light, right? Uh, You are able to have that conversation. And again, like I said, you're going to learn and then you're going to be able to apply that in future conversations. You know, use some of the tools we're just talking about to help understand what are those things that are going on. But that's your best source of information to improve your business acumen, to improve how you have these
1: conversations is your current clients. Right? Well, and, you, and you go ask exactly. And you go ask those questions. That's a safe space with your yeah, clients, 100%. right? But you go ask those current questions or those questions and you get the responses. Now you want to talk about the conversation we've been having with ChatGPT GPT or whatever. Go back now and say, all right, we had this whole discussion around supply chain or interest rate. And we, you, you picked up on these different things. Now go ask it for, you know, a deeper dive in that, or how could I respond to this? Yeah. You know, if I want to send a follow-up response, give me some, you know, context around it or whatever. And you'd be amazed at how much you'll learn doing that. And you might find a response that is yeah. something you want to use, you know, a follow-up.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it, the, that's how you're going to be able to broaden out your understanding of some of these issues that put you in that risk advisor light, right? And use those tools to help you do it. But don't be afraid to ask those questions because ultimately, you know, we, to be an advisor to our clients, it's not about bringing them all the solutions. It's about helping them work through the issue that they're running into, being that thought partner. And then maybe it's connecting them with somebody that you know, or maybe it's just saying, hey, I don't, you know, I don't have a solution here. I don't know anybody in this particular area, but. Uh, we're going to put it into a plan where we're going to go out and find three or four people that could potentially solve this issue. Right? Exactly. We talk about all the time with attorneys, you know, and we're dealing with weird contracts or something that a client asks us about. It's like, I don't have a clue what and how to advise you on this contract, but, and nor, nor do we have a specific recommendation, but we have relationships with three or four firms. Let's reach out to them. You can interview them, see who makes the most sense
1: and and move on from there. Right. But you don't know that unless you ask. I mean, we have an incredible opportunity and viewpoint as that third-party advisor to our clients to be able to come in, ask the questions. We're not in the four walls every day or on their work sites every day. So we're not, you know, uh, our our minds aren't muddied with the day-to-day. So we can take a more objective view and be able to then go out and find solutions, whether they're internal or external. And, That in and of itself, that's being an advisor. Like you said, you don't have to have every answer, but be able to ask the questions, be curious, be able to listen, take that in, use the tools we're talking about right now to be able to come back with valuable input, potential solutions, and that in and of itself is going to set you apart from probably 95% of the people in this business. Totally. And I think,
0: you know, giving away some of our secret sauce here, but- If you're only meeting with your client around the renewal time, you're never going to have these discussions, period, end of story. Nope, they're going to want to talk about insurance. Yep, you are the insurance agent. And that's okay. You have to obviously have that process, that renewal period of time that you are an insurance agent and you're placing insurance, right? But where the the secret sauce comes in is get out off renewal cycle and meet with your clients and have no agenda Mm -hmm. related to insurance. Just talk to them about where their business is going. We it a strategy meeting. Uh, so we have a pretty structured way that we like to go about that. But the whole thing is just all we're asking is where's your business going? You know, what problems or challenges do you foresee that you're planning for? How can we support that? Maybe we can't, I don't know, you know, but we want to be here if we can. Um, maybe there's people we can introduce you to. Maybe there's, um, you know, we have internal solutions. Maybe Zywave has a solution, like whatever it is. We want to be able to be that thought partner with them. But the key is no agenda to Mm -hmm. that meeting as far as insurance or, you know, anything like that. We always want to go in and say, how are we doing? You know, like, are we getting certificates out on time? And like, (laughs) don't do any of that crap. Mm -hmm. That's for renewal time. That's for other meetings. It's all about, you're just asking them questions. Then ask those questions about, you know, how are interest rates affecting you? Come pre, uh, have a few of those teed up, you know, prepared for the meeting so that you can, you know, have those to fall back on, generate conversation. And we always tell the client, you know, this could be an hour long conversation. This could be a 15 minute conversation. It's totally up to you.
1: It's amazing the opportunities that come out of those. I mean, we can tell stories all day about, you know, what's come out of those kind of meetings that create opportunities for both parties. The client obviously benefits from the solution. And of course our firm,
0: Yeah. And even if you don't have a solution, you can learn what is most important and top of mind to your client Mm -hmm. right now. Right. And again, if you can even make an introduction, that's value. If you can just relate what you're already doing to what they're talking about is most important to them. Like if they said, you know, that they're having a hard time finding employees and they really are trying hard to keep the employees that they have, well, maybe you're doing the work comp for them and you can relate what you're doing there to how that makes a safer work environment, better culture you know, so, so on and so forth, that you could connect the dots on, on what you're already doing for them and how that impacts what their top concerns are. Exactly. And then obviously just knowing where your clients are going and what their business is doing and all of that is, is you know, puts you in a better position. But it also, not many firms are having these types of discussions. And you set yourself apart just by having the conversation.
1: You'll learn. You'll learn really. I'm sure people can relate to this, but you'll learn the first time you go in and try to have a strategy meeting, and you're the insurance or risk manager, <laughs> even off renewal. It's really hard because of what our industry has trained our clients or our prospects to think about our role. You go in and you say, "Hey, I want to talk about you know risks as a whole. Or I just want to learn about your businesses." You know, it's it's not an insurance. No matter what their answers still go down in insurance. Line. Well, you have my word comp, you know, we had
0: that one claim, you know, that
1: was... It's amazing. It takes time and there's an it art does, yeah. actually in being able to pull them back out of that and have a broader conversation. But yeah, it's amazing. I mean, our industry has just trained people to think that way. And again, I'll go back to what I said earlier and, you know, kind of the motto we built at, at Ellerbrock is to change the way we think, which is the beginning, change the way our clients think. That's what we're talking about now. And then ultimately, how do we change the way an industry thinks? Mm-hmm. And I think that's for everybody listening to this. How can we all do our part, you know, to be a part of that and then utilize tools like open AI and things to do nothing but enhance that? Yeah. That's where I see it. And that's the that's what I think when you ask from the very beginning, where does this these technologies take us? I think they take us down that path. And they accelerate that significantly. Yeah. You just gotta use them the right way. Exactly.
0: And I think if you you know, you're out having these discussions. I always recommend you have a a strategic client plan with your client. It can be very simple, but these conversations can help align what you're already doing in that plan to what their objectives are over the next two to three years. You know, we love with our clients, we always want them in the first year of a three-year plan, Mm -hmm. right? We renew the three-year plan every year so that, you know, we're creating, uh, you know, insurance policies naturally renew every year which can create, we Mm -hmm. all know, heartburn for us, right? It's a natural time for the client to say, am I, do I need to go out and shop? Do Mm -hmm. I need to do something different? But if we have, if we're deeply ingrained with them over the course of a a three-year plan, um, it's much, they're much more likely to say, well, you know what? We've got a solid plan over the next three years. Like, you know, they've got that handled and we're going to continue on the plan, right? Well, if you renew that plan every year, they're always in the first year of a Mm -hmm. three-year plan, right? Well, yeah, it's very difficult to make that meaningful for them if it's only centered around insurance, right? Totally. And again, I'm not saying you have to get outside and provide all these you know, fancy new solutions. Just connect what you're already doing to some sort of broader objectives, right? They're trying to get to here. How can what you're doing support that? And there's a thousand ways that you can connect that. And I think that's where some of the, the secret client retention sauce is into. Couldn't agree more. Sweet man. Well, anything else that's on your mind that you think about when, uh, you're thinking about the current landscape, the current, uh, situation we're in?
1: No, nah, I mean, I think, uh, I think we've hit most of it, but I think what, what probably sits in all of our, you know, remains a challenge for everybody, all of our clients and us included is, is something you referenced earlier is, you know, just finding the right people. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think, you know, at Ellerbrock, we've done a good job of really getting a strong team in place. But I think one of the things that, you know, you look at what we're talking about and what we talk about on this podcast all the time and you're shifting, you know, this, like moving the Titanic is a reference we use (laughs) a lot, right? When you talk about going from that product-driven model to to the advisory model, it takes, you know, the right kind of people. And so I think that remains the continuous challenge for all of us as firms is how do we go out and do that? And I think, again, it's it's. it starts with understanding your why, understanding you know, how we're going to go out and do what we do and, again, change the way we internally think about it. Then you could go out, tell that story, find the right people. So I think that a lot of people that would listen to this are going to resonate with that challenge right now. And, again, our clients are facing the same thing regardless yep. of industry. But, you know, I mean, that's probably the other thing that remains on our mind constantly. And um, you know, outside of that, I think we... hit on most other things.
0: No, I I think that's spot on. And it'll be interesting to see where, you know, this takes us and and where we go uh, with the current climate, the current environment. You know, it is an interesting time with the economy where it is, but then going into an election cycle and that always – It'll, changes things a bit, so
1: it'll be yeah. interesting. I saw that uh, DeSantis threw his hat in the ring officially today. I did not actually think oh, that maybe he would do that. Yeah,
0: I heard he was going to, but yeah, never it's know that he's uh, going supposed
1: to. to be official today. So, uh, well, yeah, it ought to be interesting. It's only going to get fun. Right? <laughs> it's gonna, it'll um, be wild. But again, I, you know, watch it, you learn from it. You know, yeah. go out and have those conversations. Like that's what I said. It creates an incredible opportunity to to absorb, be curious. Go out, do your research. Don't take what you hear, obviously, for what what it is. But, uh, you know, take that opportunity. I mean, there's there's an incredible runway here where, you know, there's going to be a lot of things being talked about, and we can go out and we can be those advisors, and we can win business. Absolutely.
0: All right, well thanks, man. That was good. Excited for the next conversation. Maybe you'll be a guest host slash guest guest again. I'll be here soon. whenever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I appreciate Perfect. it. Perfect.
0: Well, everybody out there, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe to getting past the premium. It only helps us get out this message, talk to more people, and we want to hear from you too. So don't forget to comment, you know, send us recommendations, things that you know you feel like you want to hear about and guests you want to have on, and we'll make it happen. So see you next time. See ya! Thank you for tuning in to Getting Past the Premium. We are excited to continue breaking down barriers and finding solutions together. If you would like to reach out regarding anything you heard in today's episode, find links and contact info in the description. Until next time, have a great day.